the old pilot's plain tales. The plain people. None of what follows are my words. This is a mosaic, a montage, from a terrifying day some 16 years ago. However, from the horror came something very special. They codenamed it Operation Yellow Ribbon. It was a system hastily set up to keep track of the 224 diverted planes and the more than 33,000 displaced passengers on board. One by one, the planes landed in places with names unfamiliar to many of the unexpected guests. Goose Bay, Gander and Stephenville, and larger centres such as Moncton, St John's, Halifax, Montreal, Toronto, Winnipeg, Calgary and Vancouver. The smaller airports had not been built to accommodate such large numbers of additional aircraft, so the planes were directed away from the terminal buildings and onto the runways where they were stacked up. When they were allowed to disembark, Men could only bring what was in their pockets. Women were allowed to carry with them one very small purse. Medication, toiletries and other personal items were left behind. As soon as word spread that flights were being diverted their way, St John's Mayor Dennis O'Keefe said, All of the agencies, the Salvation Army, the provincial government and the private sector, mobilised in terms of providing food and basic necessities like blankets and toothpaste, the usual things we need in our everyday lives. When the hungry and tired passengers disembarked, they were met by townspeople who had made mountains of hand-wrapped peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and provided doughnuts, apples and oranges. The Kaplans were escorted to a frigid ice-skating rink, Mile One Stadium, where the Montreal Canadiens practice. The Red Cross bought them blankets. The stadium's new scoreboard played first CBC, then CNN news coverage, as passengers walked in and were seated. There were gasps as the images from New York filled the screen. We were about five hours out of Frankfurt, flying over the North Atlantic, and all of a sudden I was told to go to the cockpit to see the captain. As soon as I got there, I noticed the crew had one of those all-business looks on their faces. The captain handed me a printed message. It was from Atlanta, addressed to our flight, and simply said, All airways over the continental US are closed. Land ASAP at the nearest airport. Advise your destination. We knew it was a serious situation, and we needed to find terra firma quickly. It was quickly decided that the nearest airport was 400 miles away behind our right shoulder, in the town of Gander, on the Canadian island of Newfoundland. A quick request was made to the Canadian traffic controller, and a turn to Gander was approved immediately. We found out later why there was no hesitation by the Canadian controller approving our request. We were told to get the airplane ready for an immediate landing. While this was going on, another message arrived from Atlanta, telling us about some terrorist activity in the New York area. A few minutes later, I went back to the cockpit to find out that some airplanes had been hijacked and were being flown into buildings. Our 218 passengers ended up in a town called Lewisport, a while away from Gander. They were put in a high school, 
If any women wanted to be in a women-only facility, that was arranged. Families were kept together. All the elderly passengers were taken to private homes. A young pregnant lady was put up in a private home right across the street from a 24-hour urgent care facility. The locals were so friendly, and they just knew that we were the plain people. Dear Halifax, My name is John Gwydon, and I was the first officer on US Airways Flight 893, departed Frankfurt, Germany, bound for Philadelphia. We are so thankful that we found a safe haven in Charlie Yankee Hotel Zulu. My entire crew wishes to thank the people of Halifax for their extraordinary effort in providing for us in our hour of need. The support that everyone gave us would have been hard to imagine. It was truly a remarkable performance. Certainly none of us will ever forget the terrible events surrounding September the 11th, 2001. But similarly, we will never forget the sincere hospitality that was given to us by the Canadian people. We salute you. Our sincerest thanks for a job well done. The pilot who bought United Airlines Flight 876 to an emergency landing in Yellowknife on September the 11th still has a special place in his heart for this city. Captain Ron Gear was forced to land his Boeing 777 here with 143 passengers and 17 crew aboard after all air travel in Canada and the US was suspended and planes were forced to land wherever they could following a series of world-changing terrorist attacks that struck the US. He wrote to the Yellow Knifer Sunday, ten years later, thanking the community for its support. With all the horror taking place in our United States, you made this time more bearable for all of us. I want to personally thank Halifax for opening its doors to all the stranded travellers. It was a comfort to know that my sister-in-law was well taken care of and treated so well. She is blind and does not particularly like to fly, and to have an incident as grave as this without the benefit of seeing what is going on made everything just a little bit different, and that is much more difficult. She is home safely now in Houston, Texas, and I just feel compelled to send you this message of deepest thanks for taking care of Jan and all the passengers that were coming home to America or coming to visit the greatest country in the world. We are all good people, and you in Halifax have shown your everyday face of goodness and heart in an international format. During this crisis, your everyday spirit of goodwill has taken on a more overt posture that I hope will be recognized by many. My direct thank you to the Timmons family. May God bless Canada, America, and all freedom-loving people in the world. Again, my personal thanks to you, Halifax. Sincerely, a sister-in-law. Halifax International Airport Authority. I was a first officer on Delta Flight 39 from Amsterdam to Atlanta when we were diverted to Halifax on September the 11th. Needless to say, it was a total shock to us, the crew members and the passengers, when we found out what had happened in New York. You had approximately 47 aircraft, with between six to 10,000 people arrive unexpectedly in a brief time in distressed state of uncertainty. We waited for about nine hours for our turn to get deplaned. 
Air Canada operations kept us informed as best they could of intentions for handling such a huge operation. While we waited, our labs were serviced and water and snacks were brought out to the aircraft. Human contact meant a lot to us at that time. Our passengers were directed to a gate for processing and transportation. Our flight crew was met by an Air Canada representative who took us to a special area where they had food and water available and where we could call our loved ones. We were taken by a couple of volunteers from a local church in their church van to the Lord Nelson Hotel. Their staff greeted us warmly and got us into our rooms quickly after an 18-hour stressful day. When we departed on September the 13th, the airport security had obviously been strengthened, but all your people were thorough while also being considerate. Our passengers told us stories of how they had been taken into individuals' homes and how well they had been treated by them and the community. While we were in your town for the two days, everyone was friendly, compassionate and understanding. We enjoyed seeing your beautiful city, even though it was under less than desirable circumstances. I want to thank everyone at the airport, the Air Canada personnel who volunteered to come in and assist, the agents, operations personnel, caterers, cargo personnel, fuelers and ramp personnel, the Royal Mounted Canadian Police, the emergency medical personnel, airport security customs and immigration and the many others who assisted at the airport. I also want to thank your community and its volunteers who assisted at the gymnasium and schools to shelter our passengers, those who took them into their homes, and the countless of other ways the people of Halifax helped us. It was a tremendous demonstration of the organisation and sacrifice by you. President Bush has been saying that this is a time for the people of the United States to stand together and help each other. But I want to say thank you, the people of Halifax and Canada, for helping us and standing with us in this time of need. Thankfully, Glenn Bingham, First Officer, Delta Airlines, Flight 39. I wanted to write and thank everyone at Halifax for their unending patience, good humour, helpfulness and professionalism during our stay with you. I was a crew member on the BA-123 heading to JFK, and your fabulous staff made our stays so much easier to cope with. I know many of you have worked for days with very little sleep, unbelievable stress, 8,000 passengers to look after. They loved the dog show, by the way, as well as the crew. I can think of nowhere else we would have been so well treated. My heartfelt thanks for all that you did for us. You are the best, Carol. It is with pride that I, out here on Vancouver Island, hear of the great hospitality and helpfulness of my fellow Nova Scotians, and indeed all Maritimers, which has been extended to the people of the world. In a time of great need and despair, Maritimers have once again shown their true selves. They are a warm, hospitable, helpful, and just downright friendly people. Don't we all wish we could say that, especially now? My maritime and Nova Scotian pride shines once again. Go in peace, David Walsh. Krista Folks, who had just become a grandmother, was on one of those planes. She was returning from a solo trip to visit her family in Germany and was on her way back to Norfolk when her plane diverted to Gander, said her daughter-in-law, Amy Folks. The family was frantic. 
wondering whether Grandma was okay. She was. She had a fantastic experience there. Everyone treated her very well. Amy Folks said her mother-in-law, who had just turned 80, was on the road again and couldn't be reached to tell the story herself. But Amy and the rest of the family remember that their matriarch was shown kindness, comfort and compassion in those fraught days. The people of Gander and surrounding fishing villages filled their schools, community rooms and churches with cots for Christa Folks and the other stranded passengers. The town's bus drivers, who were on strike that day, walked off their picket lines and went back to work. Bakeries went into overdrive production, hospitals staffed up, and many of the townspeople opened their homes and offered their beds to the plain people. Among the tens of thousands of foreign nationals who suddenly found themselves stranded in Canada on September 11th, Pat Ryan had an urgent need to get back home to the United States. For Ryan, home was Chicago, where he served as head of a company whose operations include providing grief counsellors after air tragedies. Ryan's second largest office was in New York at Two World Trade Center, which was home to approximately 1,200 workers. On September 11th, his company lost 200 employees. On the day the terrorists struck, Ryan was in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, and although he had a company plane, he couldn't get out. He explained the situation and appealed for clearance so that his plane could fly. Dale Leahy, superintendent of aviation operations, remembers taking the call. He got off the phone and went up to John Reed, who was directing the Sitsen's response to the crisis. I need approval, Leahy said explaining that Ryan and his team are amongst the best grief counsellors for aviation accidents in the world. I think this is a really important case. Whitehorse Air Traffic Control Specialist David White was glued to his television on morning of uh, September the 11th, trying to absorb the horrible events in New York and Washington just before heading off to work. As he watched, he reflected on the isolation of his northern community and his own sense of remoteness from all the activities down south. That was about to change, and fast. White received a call from NORAD, informing him that two Korean airline flights, one filled with passengers and the other loaded with cargo, both 747s, were heading to White Horse Airport, and they were being escorted in by a pair of CF-18 fighter jets. In the maze of confusing rumours that day, there were indications that one of the Korean planes might have been hijacked. Within 30 minutes of receiving the call from NORAD, the Korean planes were on the ground and taxied to a stop. It took several hours to sort things out, but in the end there had been no hijacking, just an unsettling communications mix-up at a very inopportune moment. Once the threat was diffused, the passengers were quickly taken in as guests of the people of Whitehorse. I know that you can't ask for any better neighbours or friends than the people of Canada. As we look back on that dark day, we remember not only those who we lost, but also recognise the friendships that were strengthened and the hospitality of our neighbours to the north, who aided American passengers in our hour of need. As if the place inside the Situation Centre wasn't frenetic enough, 
somebody gave out on national television the phone number that was being used. Lacour's had two phones going at the same time and couldn't take the call, so Valerie Dufort took it instead. Lacour's wife was on the other end of the line. September the 11th was his wedding anniversary. Dufour slipped the message to her colleague. It's your wife. She just wants you to know she loves you.